Hey everybody, welcome to another episode. I am Michael Petro, and joining me on the show is a full debater cast. A ensemble cast of masturbation is about to happen for you. We've got Mark Cowell, Ian Bauer, Jimmy Skinner, and myself. We kick the show off with what did you watch this week, gentlemen? Uh, we've got American Gods, Paranormal Activity, the series, actually. Ian gotten a couple of those. Uh, Jimmy took uh, Tower Heist on Netflix for a spin, and I got involved with Handmaid's Tale Season 4. Uh, we also play Would You Rather, This or That, Moral Dilemma, and a bunch of other fun games. We talk about Minority Report. We talk about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, and and Mark brought up a really great topic, which is uh, how do you watch with your partner or your movie or your TV-watching buddy? Like, do you cheat on him? Do you sometimes watch one or two episodes or half the movie ahead before you're supposed to just because you can't wait? Uh, so that's what's on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, news alert. I told you I would stop all of you if there was something to announce. We now have a YouTube channel. So uh, for our real quick segments, these are five-minute or less movie reviews. Just a bite. It's like an amuse-bouche. Just a little bit of a movie to entice you, not some long-winded professional rant. This is done on cell phone in our basements uh, because, as I've mentioned, doing video together is kind of difficult in a pandemic. So... Our real quicks are there. We're going to put some other videos out, I'm sure. This isn't going to be where it stops. But to subscribe, like, and follow, please do all of those things. That's the name of the game, kids, is uh, Real Debaters on YouTube, at Real Debaters on Instagram, and the Real Debaters podcast on Facebook. Those are the three places you'll find the video, so you make sure you're subscribed, you're liking everything, you're following everything, because that really makes a big difference for us for exposure. So thank you to everybody who already does that. We We are in your debts. I don't know what we owe you, but probably a t-shirt. Speaking of t-shirts, if you want to know more about us, our website is a perfect place to do so. And after the show, if you're like, I want to support these guys, we sell t-shirts in our prop shop. It's all threadless product. Super great company offers really great product for really great prices. So you can buy a t-shirt, skateboard, sticker, hat, backpack, what have you. We got a lot of stuff there. And then if you're on a budget and you would just have like a buck, throw a buck at us. That goes a long way. If like 25 people throw a buck at us, that goes back into something we pay for a month to try to make us sound and look better than we, we normally would. So either way, supporting the show, you can do it through both of those tabs at therealdebaters.ca. You can follow us online at Real Debaters on Twitter as well, too. Same as Instagram. And if you want to contact the show, therealdebaters at gmail.com. All of the spelling is R-E-E-L if you want to call us out if you want to agree with us we'd love it if you agreed with us um anyway that you want to engage with us the real debaters at gmail.com is the way to do so uh, to our top 10 listeners we love everybody that listens here we really do it means a lot to us us five yokels but there's 10 places in the world each week that do some heavy lifting for us we'll start with our friends in our hometown winnipeg leading the charge as always number one followed by nanaimo Ottawa, Toronto, and Neverville. And then we jump south of the border to San Jose, Cedar Grove, Southington, Boardman, and Ashburn. We love California. Thank you, guys. I mean, everywhere, there's people listening to us everywhere, but these are the 10 places that do a lot of heavy lifting, like I mentioned. So uh, water cooler talk, sharing an episode that we've done, whatever's happening, thank you to everybody, but big shout out. Fist bump, elbow bump, whatever's appropriate in the pandemic. If we could give it to you, we would. Uh, so thank you. I've got nothing else. I'll cue that reel, and you enjoy the show. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Welcome, everyone. The official space section of the chart. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Sir, you're out of order. I don't I show you out of order. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Real Debaters production. We've got some fun people on the show. We've got some repeaters. We've got some people we haven't talked to in a while. Um, let's start. Let's start with our five-time champion. <laughs> Hello, Ian Bauer. Champion. No, I don't know if I'm a champion. I've been on here five times. Yeah, like I, I've, I've said it before. I'm like, it's not anything you can really put on a resume. <laughs> Wait, no, take it back. Okay. <laughs> I'm a champion. <laughs> you're, you're, you're my champion. <laughs> it's great to be back. Uh, is, it, is it Ian? We've never met. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not to take any away from your championships since I haven't been here, but. <laughs> As, am I? Am I that? Have you not met him, Mark? Is that? No, officially we haven't. But oh, oh well, yeah. Okay, well, Mark, meet Ian. Ian, meet Mark. Ian's a champion. Um, Mark Cowell is our uh, unofficial pop culture aficionado. Hello, Mark. How are you? Good, good, good. I, although we haven't officially met, uh, I I hate him like a brother already. Nice. I've oh, done that's, it. That's a compliment. That's all I've ever asked for anyone if that meets me for at least 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, we'll shut me up. Who's uh, who's out in uh, St. Bonnie Fast? Is that Jimmy Skinner? Yes, and I'm excited to say I have won one time this year, and I don't know any of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me. Jimmy, Jimmy just realized he doesn't know me after a very long period of time. It's been <laughs> awkward, let me tell you. It's been like a like cocoon. <laughs> <laughs> no awakenings that's what it's been like not cocoon with steve gutenberg awakenings with, with robin williams anyways that is who's on the show we have said hello so let's kick it off kick it into high gear uh mark we'll start with you what the hell oh i know what you watched this week by your screen name but what'd you watch this week motherfucker well i had a very busy week so i didn't get to watch as much as i wanted to um you know what i i watched uh a whole lot of uh, clips those don't really count. Nah, they kind of uh, add up enough. And I'm, for the show. <laughs> and I'm um, halfway through about season three of American Gods. Okay, talk to us about American Gods. That's my screen name. Um, it's it's great actually. I've uh, um, obviously Neil Gaiman original story. Yep. Um, comics. So this is. Now I'm going to go into the long explanation of it. Yeah. This past week, I uh, kind of had a, a week of nostalgia. I, uh, I went back to a lot of things that I was into as a, as a youth. Um, that started with digging out all my comic books from storage that I haven't looked at in 30 years. So from that, it spiraled into um, sorting and uh, running every comic to see if I had anything that was worth anything. Do you? Um, the, I got a couple, like I had some transformer number ones that are worth a little bit. Um, I had the, don't, don't be, don't be like that. What's a little bit. I have Thor 337, which is the first appearance of beta Ray bill. So that's worth two or $300. Really? Yeah. Um, I had a couple other ones. I had like, um, uh, suicide squad number one. Wow. I know. We've never talked about comics, I guess, because they've been put away for so long. But I mean, everything we love watching now is comes from a comic book. So I mean, they do have a. What was the nostalgia like going through? Because there's something you found so, in the picture. So the co the oh. cool thing that twists into um, what I've been watching was that mm. I was into comics a long time ago. I knew a lot of the characters, and I was a collector more than a, an avid reader. Um, even as a 11 year old, I 
bought comics and never never pulled them out of the plastic. I just looked at the covers. Um, but now it's kind of neat, even going back and looking at the covers as I went through the hundreds of comics, how many of the um, the story lines that are represented on the covers of these comics we've now seen been made in the MCU and um, yeah. through the Disney Plus stuff. It was it's pretty neat to see. I pulled one cover out and it's uh, described as Dracula and so-and-so versus Doctor Strange, Wanda and... Um, uh, what's her name's character there? Photon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all on the cover. And I'm like, that's so cool. Like I literally just watched that series and this book is from 30 years ago. So how much would like something like that be worth? I, honestly, they're not super rare. So they're probably only worth like about five bucks a piece. Okay. But as the story, so what I'm discovering now is as these stories get replayed, um, and as they're brought to the screen or small screen, the interest in those characters that they're now introducing, the comics that they were first introduced in are skyrocketing in value. See, that's interesting because I hear Beta Ray Bill is going to be in the next Thor movie. And that's exactly why his comic is now skyrocketed. Uh-huh. Oh, so, yeah. so when there's when there's a rumor that somebody's going to be introduced, um, the speculation starts going up and then as soon as they introduce them then they're popular again right so oh speculation wall street the market that's interesting that commerce has affected the value of comic books that much yeah let's i think what if we start spreading rumors to sell comics (laughs) (laughs) let's pump up Mark's comic book collection but I hear, no. I hear that they're going to introduce Obnoxio the clown in the next. Uh... <laughs> so I know you, you, because you sent the group a photo of this nostalgic run that you had. Oh you yes, came, you came across a, a, a copy. I'll let you explain what kind so, of. So, so I did revisit this movie this week. I did not watch it in full, but um, I actually, I can actually show you a representation of it because. Somebody I know got me this really cool set of placards. So the guy's got taste. This movie, it's it's probably made before long before Jimmy was born. <laughs> um, it's yeah, rad. Um, and I happen to have so this is the first movie that I loved as a kid. Um, because I was super into BMX and I went to the, my local video store, Cavalier video, which was about half a block from my house out in St. James. And I rented their one copy of rad about 10 times. <laughs> and finally I figured, you know what? I read this thing so much that I should buy a copy. So I went to the video store and said, I, I how could I buy a copy of this? And they said, well, a new copy of this is a, over $100 because at that time you couldn't buy retail copies of those VHS. So they sold me their one rental copy that I'd already rented 10 times for about $50. And so my one VHS copy still has the Cavalier video um, stickers on it. And uh, it's actually the one that sat on the shelf and was was rented out. Shout out to every single one of you who's listened here who either knows somebody or worked in a mom and pop video store because those things are like the American condor. They are, if not gone, like falling off the planet, 
with like one finger left hanging onto the cliff. And, and coincidentally, Mike, I just watched the last blockbuster on Netflix documentary about the blockbuster store. Uh, yeah, Martin watched it too. I want it's I, okay. That's two out of the group. That means it's a must watch. I go yeah, by, I, go by yeah. that. Did you? What did you think of that? And and by the way, I'm like I'm IMDb-ing like rad. I've never heard of this movie. <laughs> and, and the entire thing is on YouTube now in 4K, um, which is great. So I will probably like skip through it at some point. But uh, but yeah, no, I I did also watch the last blockbuster, which is uh, it's all it's good. It's very nostalgic, but it's all right. Like so, Ian, what you really have to see. So rad was the first BMX movie really put out. And uh, it's also never been released in retail. You can only ever have an original VHS copy that was a rental copy, and it's never been released on DVD either. Right. It's okay. been remastered and bootlegged and available on streaming services, but it's never been available for sale. Um, <laughs> but to keep it somewhat contemporary is there's a famous scene where the love interest, the BMX girl, comes to town. <laughs> And they have a BMX waltz slash freestyle dance in the gymnasium. <laughs> and that female uh, BMXer is none other than Lori Laughlin of <laughs> I Paid to Get My Kids Into College fame. <laughs> or some might know her as, uh, what, Be- Auntie Becky or whatever. Aunt Becky. <laughs> there's, a, there's a good shot there of them dancing on BMX bikes. So, so I actually, I YouTube rad dance and I, I see the scene kind of in, as a thumbnail right now. And it's already kind of hilarious, uh, <laughs> which is like, he's dancing to send, send me an angel. Oh, what a good song. Which is, you know, when I hear that song, I think of the wizard. Cause I, that song's in the wizard when the montage of the dad looking for the sun, uh, like whatever the video game movie. I don't know if you an angel. Such a night. This movie came out in 1986 and I think wizard came out in 1989 or 1990, but like, that like song was so epitome for that like four or five years period. That's so funny. That's in like two classic 80 movies. It's uh yeah. When, when you shot that into the group, I was like, you have a V now we need to find a VHS player and talk about a spiral of stupid coincidences that now then led me into reminiscing about my BMX days, which then led me into buying a new BMX bike <laughs> and riding around my old neighborhood where I used to be a max. So it was, it was quite a week for me. That's, you know what? And that is exactly what a movie should fucking do. Like the, the end effect of watching one of your favorite movies should have some sort of nostalgic. I agree. Right? Like, like Mark, I've seen this bike that he got. This bike is fucking sick. Like I'm, 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 I am strongly considering Mark, Mark found me a hot tub and now Mark found a bike and I want to be like Mark. So I might buy a bike just like Mark. And yeah, tenant exactly, Jimmy. We're forming a tenant <laughs> over bikes and hot tubs, me and Mark. But this, it's a, it's a BMX cruiser bike, and it's got hot pink wheels, and it's exactly, it's like, it's exactly the bike he said that would have been in the movie, or that he would have had just now bigger, right? Comfier. So it's the company called SE Racing that originally made a bike called the PK Ripper, which is like one of the most famous BMX bikes ever. And they now make like mountain bike sized versions of BMX bikes for all of us old dudes that used to ride BMX. <laughs> and it's literally amazing. It feels like I'm a kid again. It's it's a 29 inch BMX bike. So I feel like I'm like four feet tall riding it. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty amazing. I don't know if you guys are going to be able to get a good shot of this here. but Oh, yeah. 
That's pretty cool. That's a good. It looks yeah. like, it looks like something from Rad. It does, and uh, I'm riding around with "Send Me an Angel" blaring in my ears, and uh... <laughs> "Send Me an Angel." How <laughs> goes like that? Oh. So that's been my week. That's been my week. That's amazing. You did... and I watched and I watched some. Sorry to cut yeah. you off. I watched some American Gods in there somewhere, and it's it's pretty decent. <laughs> are you uh, are you upset that? Because we talked about this, you were you started watching it, and then I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna shit on your parade." And tell you that they canceled it. Are you noticing that you're oh, yeah. upset that they canceled it as this goes? You know, I was, I was, I'm really getting into it. Um, three seasons is a good run, though. Yeah. I find on some of the shows that um, three seasons is actually kind of a sweet spot. It's like a trilogy, sort of, right? I, I think season, especially in like, it seems like Netflix kind of follows that thing these days. It's like they get, you know, three seasons or one season usually, but like three seasons feels like what a lot of these shows usually do these days. Uh, like that show that was being filmed in Winnipeg, the, that prime show uh, uh, in the Amazon, in the loop, into the loop. Tales from the loop. Tales from the loop. Thank you. Um, they, they actually rented all the warehouses here for three years. Uh, the show only got one season in the end. So then they just, you know, departed on everything and sold everything off. But, but initially they were planning three seasons. So I think this, there's some sort of marketing play within that with a lot of shows, but uh, so sorry you finished the series and if so how does it end like does, sorry does it end or is there like a cliffhanger that doesn't get filled you know what i'm still like three or four episodes away from the conclusion so mike knows how it ends okay yeah um i have i'm in a weird place with it i've read half the book but the half i've read isn't what the show did in, in it's it. one book too right like it's not yeah it's a very do you know like, do you know yeah. the premise of it? Yes, yeah, I actually read the first like fifty pages a long time okay. ago, and then I returned back to the library. <laughs> yeah, you get it, you get it. So, uh, then for anybody who doesn't like a quick brief synopsis, it's taking um, old gods, old old Norse mythology, old African mythology, old like tons, yeah, uh, Egyptian, um, Scottish, Irish, European, like, and and taking the old gods, and and the story is the old gods are dying, and the new gods technology commerce uh it all of these things have new gods that have taken over and now it's this battle for the love of humanity is essentially what the story is about and you get it from the god's perspective which is cool uh i am a and we learn that for a what a god to survive it you have to worship them in some way so i guess the the underlying stories that we now worship technology like we used to worship religion mm. yeah exactly um interesting is that, is that a sorry is that a theme that's like actually explored within the show yeah cool interesting yeah, yeah. and in a really sexy way it's i believe it's brian e kelly same guy who did hannibal the tv series Ooh. so very beautiful very cinematic very bloody uh very sexy there's a love scene that I'm, this is this this is one one frontal nudity shot away from being a porno it was so sexy so like it it really pushes a lot of boundaries and it's prime so they can um it doesn't end the way i want it to though to answer your question i feel there's a lot more that can be told it does end well enough that you're like okay i guess but they really were flirting with something that i don't want to ruin for mark but like where where are you with sweeney right now mark mad sweeney um uh sweeney is dead um dead wife is, oh. is... <laughs> 
dead wife is on her mission to possibly bring him back from the dead because he kind of did that for her. Sure. Okay. And uh, Shadow Moon is in small town Wisconsin, trying to figure out what that's all about. Yep. And in there. Yeah. It's uh, it, right now. It's sort of they're all heading to the funeral in Chicago, where they're going to meet, and I think some of the war may play itself out. But yeah, it's really interesting. It's they do explore you, and you're mentioning they have. Um, there's like the the new god sort of leader is Mr. World who represents globalization. Tell them and, who it is. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, uh, Crispin Glover, who's creepy as fuck. <laughs> in real life and in TV, <laughs> yeah, like that guy is very hard to work with. Apparently, like reading interviews and stuff. That is, that is like that is interesting. He's still like working. Period. He, you know, like that. Read that guy's like just info, like. He's like, he self, he basically works occasionally acting, pain in the ass to work with, takes his money, then makes like really shitty features or really low budget features. Uh, that's what he kind of does these days, like with his like back to the future money, I guess, on top of it. Yeah, that must be interesting. Dividend, yeah. Sure. Uh, it, yeah. it, it sounds like something you would give to somebody. Like you're going to give them a Crispin Glover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does feel like he's like, part like i don't know it feels like a cracker name or something you know Ooh. Mm, salty yeah <laughs> i feel like it's maybe like some sort of sex move involving a ritz <laughs> gave her the old crispin glover it's a sleeve, uh, it's a sleeve yeah. of ritz <laughs> yes okay so all in all uh everybody watch rad because it is one of the best BMX movies out there. It makes you happy. So watch a movie that makes you happy. That's Mark. Oh, what is what is the other BMX movie that like I should be comparing it to? That is my question. There was a movie called BMX Bandits, which is widely known as the other BMX movie. Interesting. Okay, I just I'm happy you had an answer. I was just kind of testing you, but okay. <laughs> yes. Well, really, you know what? Rad is sort of a microcosm of the world. It's it's small town boy who's who's innocent. And the big bad corporation moves in. Like we've seen this in how many movies, right? Yeah, yeah. And in this case, the big bad corporation is corporate BMXing that sponsors this huge <laughs> nationwide race in town. I mean, they might as well be big oil moving into, you know, this is like a Steven Seagal movie, except it's on bikes. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it's how the, uh, the small town good boy with good morals uh, beats out the evil uh, empire, so to speak. Jimmy, Jimmy has a question. Oh no, I was just pounding my chest for the Lord. What an evil empire! All right, Jimmy, I want to hear you. Uh, I, I give you the floor, sir. The floor is yours. Tell us what you watched this. Oh wow. Okay, so I watched. Um, I watched things I liked. I watched uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. That was awesome. Oh. Uh, I watched okay. Twister again. That was fun. Um, I I started the League. That was on FX. That was oh, a lot of fun. The League is so good. Love the league, big wow. fan. Um, but I'm not going to talk about any of those. Okay. Um, <laughs> just that I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about something that I just fucking hated. Uh, <laughs> last night, I punished myself and I watched Tower Heist. Okay, so I've seen it arrive on Netflix as well. Tell us all what the Eddie fuck? Murphy and Stiller, right? Am I right? Yeah. Oh, the cast is amazing. They got Casey Affleck in there. They got uh, Matthew Broderick. They got. Uh, what? 
Michael Pena. Like it's a great cast. It just, it just fucking sucks. And I don't know how, like it's in a top 10 position in Netflix right now. I don't know if they just pick, it feels like they're just picking movies and they're like, ah, let's make people watch tower heist this month. And it worked. It got me. I watched it. And you know, what's disappointing about it? Not one time in the whole movie does someone say, oh yeah, we're going to do a tower heist. Like that never happens. They never say the name of the movie in the movie. And it just feels like it was a perfect movie to do that. So I'm a little disappointed that no one said, hey, yeah, we're going to do a tower heist. What the fuck is this? Is the, is yeah, the- what's the story? Like, yeah. yes. Okay, so uh, Ben Stiller uh, plays Ben Stiller. And he works at this uh, this luxury tower in New York, right? Like it's, I, I guess it's like luxury apartments or like a hotel or maybe even both, who knows? And they find out that the owner of the hotel or tower uh, has spent their pension or like improperly invested their money and lost it all. All the employees, all their pensions are gone. So uh, Ben Stiller gets upset and he like smashes up the, the owner's apartment or whatever, and he gets fired. So him, Eddie Murphy, and a few other of the employees of the hotel uh, devise a tower heist, which nobody said. <laughs> and they tried to steal $20 million from the top floor suite of the, uh, of the uh, tower there. And, you know, like, I'm just so disappointed because the cast is excellent and they don't do anything with it. Like they, Michael Pena has like three lines and not one of them is a joke. So it's just, it's, I don't understand. It feels like they're underutilizing them. That's all. It's a Brett Radner movie. I didn't realize that. Um, which is like Rush Hour, Red Dragon, X-Men, Last Stand, et cetera. But like that, that's, that's interesting. It's funny because I think when it came out, and it's a 2011 film looking it up right now, uh, it, I think it was like, I remember seeing the trailers and I was like, this feels like lighter Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's super accurate. And it's funny because I was watching it with my roommates and they're like, uh, one of them said, oh, I feel like George Clooney did this better. And they were right. <laughs> it, it, it is an insane cast like Ben Stiller, Eddie Murphy, Casey Affleck, Alan Alda, Matthew Broderick, uh, Stephen Henderson, Jude Hirsch, Tay Leone, Michael Pena. Uh, I think after that, I kind of dwindles, but it's like it's like a very like Peter Van Wagner. Like he's a yeah. Anyways, it's just like very interesting cast. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, you would think like on paper everything sings about this, but something nothing. I, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like, how do we sell this movie? Not how do we make it? Now, on a, on a completely, uh, I don't know if this is going to break your heart here, Jimmy, and sort of at a meta level, is that uh, uh, I've recently discovered that the Netflix top 10 is not actually a universal top 10, and it's just catered to your individual tastes uh, to make you watch things you haven't watched. No, see, that's what I thought. That's what I believe. So I'm happy that, uh, thank you, Mark. <laughs> And it worked. It's controlling you. You're controlling my algorithms. <laughs> I really feel that someone should have taken me out for dinner before they convinced me my top ten was real. That's just real. <laughs> I don't. I, don't I, was just, I don't think the top ten is ever like any good. Like it feels. It's just like I kind of avoid it these days. <laughs> I, I don't actually look at it anymore. Yeah, you've you not been radicalized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a computer to tell me how to feel. Okay, so Jimmy, obviously disdain for 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 the heist of the tower. Um, mm-hmm. Would you like? Would you watch this in a tower or like? 
in an elevator to the top of the tower? Yeah, like how? <laughs> where, where, how how bad is this of a place? What floor would you watch I this? Think, I you know what? If I think I was to watch this in any tower, it would um. Don't, have don't, to take, don't make a nine eleven. It'd have to take place on nine eleven. Oh. Ooh, that's a hot one. He did it. He fucking. He fucking did it. <laughs> Is that so? Just relatively, it's not the worst thing that's going to happen to you that day. Exactly, Mark. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh wow, I love it. Okay, Ian, sir, uh, please uh, follow that up. <laughs> I can't. Um, I, I've, I've, I've. It's funny. It's been a lighter week of like watching things. Um, but I've been rewatching Paranormal Activity. Uh, oh, with, yeah, a, with, with a, with a, uh, in a, in, with my bubble, like with a friend, we we bought, wanted to watch. Like we were like, we should pick a series or something. And we were talking about Paranormal recently, so we started rewatching it. So we're on four. Uh, so, <laughs> and, uh, the, so the first paranormal was made in, uh, I got, I have to look it up because I've lost my notes. You know what? Uh, I bet you Jimmy could back this up. Why are you a big fan? 2007. No, I just, I just like them. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I, I've always been a fan. I like all of them. I'm like, I actually like sincerely, like really enjoy them. Uh, 2007. And it's funny cause you can kind of see like, the cheesiness it works but it's like and they really were going into this this is real footage they're very much doing the Blair Witch the second one they kind of do the same but they slowly start leaning away being like these are fun little films they don't make like here these families gave us this footage like at the end of the movie uh the um so currently I just finished the fourth one last night there's two more to go um the marked ones and then I think Ghost Dimension is the very last one um the fourth is very here here's the order of them all three is amazing Three is a standalone, very good horror movie, period. You can kind of watch that without even having any reference to the other two. Uh, three is amazing, then two, then one, then four. But I haven't watched five and six yet. So, like, uh, I have seen them a long time ago, but it's just memorizing. Anyways, it's been fun. Um, they're, the first one's just, like, basically the main woman screaming Micah all the time, which is just hilarious. And this this asshole just character. Like, a lot of the characters in it are assholes. But I don't know. Found footage movies really get me. I'm not a big horror movie guy, but, like, I forget the one thing horror movies do really well for me is they lock me in. I'm pretty committed. I'm invested. I get like, and, and sometimes I'm a little like, it's hard for me to get focused in, but horror movies really get me in like the first 15, 20 minutes for the most part, if they're good. And these found footage ones always get me. So yeah, it's been fun. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I'm excited to like, finish it and be like, that was a good, like six movies. Like I feel excited. I might do saw after just because um spirals out. Um, oh yeah. Right. I like saw. I, I remember. Me like, too. Yeah, they're fun. Saw's Saw's one of the few horror movies that I'll get into. Especially for torture porn. Like I'm okay. Like Saw's the only torture porn one I'm like kind of into. Um, so I watched that. And then so the thing I wanna also I watched, so I so we have a a, a, a WhatsApp group and we were all troll well, Martin over <laughs> then, which go. I pissed off about was like, are you fucking kidding me? How have you not seen Children of Men? And, he, and then he messaged like a few days later that he will watch it and he watched it and he messaged during it. And he's like, actually guys, I watched it. I was very stoned when I watched it and I like forgot that I actually seen this movie. And I thought that was like hilarious. 
but also like you're an idiot as if you like did not remember you've seen a like amazing movie so like but then that happened to me like the other night so i was like i, I got kind of stoned and i was like ah oh this movie you know what i've always wanted I, i've always wanted to watch this movie and i'm watching it and i'm like i remember that line <laughs> like wait a minute she's gonna stab him oh my god i've seen this movie and i was like i forgot i've seen it and i remember watching it really late at night when it first came out and the movie is side effects it's a steven soderbergh movie starring like rooney mara channing tatum um uh, jude law and Catherine zeta jones and it's a, it's a very like uh kind of like murder mystery somber movie and basically jude law plays a psychologist who starts seeing rooney mara uh and uh who accidentally this is kind of in the premise but not really a spoiler but she accidentally kills her husband while taking uh uh med- medicines that cause her to sleepwalk uh depressing uh, antidepressants that cause her to sleepwalk and um and so there's a you know did she do it on purpose did she not is that kind of a mystery without it um anyways it's a very good movie steven soderbergh of course and it's like yeah it's fun it's good um and the last thing i'll talk about is I finished because we kind of brought it up last time, but I wasn't. Uh, I finished Invincible, um, which is uh, such a good show, and we already talked about it. But like everyone should go out and watch Invincible. It's just so good, and I'm so excited for season two and three, and um, and it's just I'm so happy to watch like a good animation show that's like for adults, like besides BoJack. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I. You're totally right, and I'm. I'm Jimmy. Have you finished it? I haven't started Invincible yet, no. Okay, Mark, have you? Nor have I. No, yeah, okay. you keep telling me to watch it, but I haven't started it yet. It's like, it, it's like, hands down, like, so many people are talking how good it was. And and I think my only, like, beef with the show is, I don't like, they do, like, animation and CGI, and I think it's the same time. I, I kind of, I don't like it, I think, I've decided in the end. Um, but it works for the most part. That's my only nitpick. Overall, I think it's really fun. Even the side plots, I don't mind, and the side characters, and all the voice acting's great. So everyone should just watch Invincible. At least at least watch the first episode, at the very least. And if you don't like it after that, I get it. Yeah. But like, Because that is the show by the end of it. Give yourself, he's right to Mark and Jimmy, give yourself the first episode. And if that doesn't hook you, then that's like the plot, the main and overall story and plot starts in the last seven to eight minutes of the first episode. I was ready to bail. because I was like, was I, I think I know what the show is. And then I, it flipped and I was like, Oh what? shit. So, and then I watched, like, I just binge the rest. So please, please Mark and Jimmy jump in the chat room. Once you're done the first episode and just like <laughs> one word response. Yeah. Because just looking at the animation of it, I, I think I could get into it. It's sort of reminiscent to me of, Sort of your Spider-Man, X-Men, that yeah. sort of animation. Yeah. I think you'll dig it. It's it's fun. And his um, dad kind of looks like J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, there's a reason for that. You want to tell him what the reason is, Ian? No. <laughs> well, who is the voice actor for that character? Oh, is it? Yes. It's J.K. Simmons. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much what I've been watching. The only thing I was gonna like quickly plug, um, just because someone else brought it up on a podcast, and then I you know, and then I was showing a friend and I've really just been enjoying it. It's a TikTok account that's so fucking funny. And this guy just recently blew up. And it's just some guy named Scott Sess. And he does like, it, I think he's a stand-up comedian. He's been just basically trolling Ikea and pretending he's an Ikea employee. And it's just really fun to watch um, for these 15 seconds. Like, you know, when someone just figured out a good idea and are funny, they they he hit he hit the name anyway nail on the head anyways it's been like a pastime for me being like this is really good and comedians are like 
pushing him on Twitter and stuff now. Like he's, he kind of blew up like overnight. Um, yeah, it's been kind of fun and like a weird discovery in the last day that I was like, this guy's really good. Um, that's it. I like, I love the fact that people are using TikTok as a um, sort of a, a scripted uh, like delivery system of entertainment as opposed to just like bullshit social media. There's some really good stuff on TikTok. Yeah, I agree. It's just it's just how the algorithm shows you the stuff and you have to kind of find it sometimes. So yeah, once once you kind of like curate your own um, account to see the good stuff. Otherwise mine right now is just like attractive people dancing. <laughs> that's 90% well, of it. It's like dogs. That's what I say to, to people too. If you haven't got into TikTok, you don't like what you see other people's TikTok as kind of like Jimmy's Netflix is that it feeds you things that uh, that you like or yeah. that you haven't seen. And once you say, like, once you start curating it, um, actually, like, physically interact with things that you like, right? Like, comment, share, then the algorithm starts really working to your advantage and it just feeds you great, great stuff. Yeah. Well, Mark, I'll tell you, maybe I like to watch garbage. Like, maybe I, what was the order of like tower heist you watch like all this good stuff because you, you watch twister you watch uh peanut butter falcon you watch what was the other thing you watched the league the league and did you do that to like clean up your mouth after tower heist or like before? it was a chaser <laughs> <laughs> i am seeing here speaking of those the the relationship between things uh six degrees of kevin bacon that uh, Jason Manzukis is also voicing a character in Invincible. He does. He plays Rafi from the league. Yes, he does. Yeah. Oh. Well, and he's also uh, Jay from Big Mouth, too. Yes. It's very... He's an amazing character. Ian's kind of got some Manzukis vibes that I'm I, I've been told him. that. I, I, don't, I, I don't think I have that, like, grittiness in my voice that he has, but I, I definitely have, like, I think we have the same energy of talk, like the way we talk sometimes. So I, I have been told that. I I just have a hard time because on Big Mouth, his character likes to fuck his pillow, and on Invincible, his character can light shit on fire. So when I hear Jason Manzukis do his character on Prime, I'm on on Invincible. I'm waiting to hear oh, I'm gonna fuck my pillow joke. <laughs> the, the Big Mouth, like that subplot of like this kid that like likes to fuck. He has a relationship with his pillow, and then like another pillow at some point. Like yeah. It, because it's like a male pillow and a female pillow, and he finds out he's bisexual because of it. Is like so funny. It's such a fucking funny show. Like that's so weird and so good at the same time. Anyways, love I it. totally forgot that Seth Rogen makes an appearance in the league too with Manzukis. That's an amazing episode. Yeah, yeah, he's the porno director. Oh yes, he's so good. Uh, <laughs> also makes an appearance in Invincible. Yeah, he plays <laughs> a one-eyed alien who's part of an interplanetary uh, UN type group. We're just doing the connected thing today. Oh, yeah. Apparently yeah. the league and like invincible are connected in so many ways. So I uh yeah, no, I'll I'll echo um Ian's thoughts on Invincible. Fucking fantastic. In fact, so much, ladies and gentlemen. There's a few things we should echo in there. First of all, uh we we the show has a has videos now. If you haven't noticed that, guys, we'll take a little moment here to plug ourselves. We've been popping pop, popping videos onto our Facebook. So this all makes sense because Mark came over uh in the last little while here and we talked and and we talked about TikTok. So we've got a TikTok channel too that me and Mark are going to start playing with. Probably Ian's going to help us with that as well too. I'm looking at Jimmy. Jimmy, you're going to you're going to help with that too. So I can't wait 
for this algorithm that both of you guys are talking about to take effect to show us some stuff because it does look like a lot of fun, right? And with the reviews that we're doing and shit, I think it would be fun to, I think it'd be fun to be silly. That's the whole point of, of TikTok. And I've found, I've found a, a Foley guy on TikTok who's fun to watch because he'll show you what, what celery does for broken bones. And you're like, yeah, right? And like, it's that one minute of really precise content in storytelling that like you can do it. You can do it in a series. You can do it in like three or four videos that are a minute long, right? Like you're just, you're obviously just breaking, but it, it is really interesting. So I have been, I have been watching some TikTok as of late to get inspired to, to play with all you TikTokers. Um, that said, what I really watched this week and swear that if any one of you out there or here has seen the first three seasons, Get the fourth season of Handmaid's Tale going in your life right now after this show. Start watching it because it like starts in sixth gear. And I'm I don't know. I haven't looked at I, I don't want to look, I think, because I don't know if there's more than six episodes. But the last episode sure felt like a season finale. And I don't want to be broken hearted by Googling and finding out that it was a season finale because I want more of it. Uh, but like, yes. To give you a quick synopsis, June is still being, you know, she gets away and then she gets she gets captured again. Like that's still happening. That's part of the ongoing uh, antithesis of the show. But what's happening now is June is fucking angry, and there are things that as June is because it, it basically for anybody who kind of needs a, a a full shot of this to catch up, the last season ended with June escaping and getting the kids freed and, and off to Toronto. Have any of you guys seen it? You know what I'm talking about? No. So, it's so much a show I want to watch. I, I just haven't. And it's like, it's on Crave now. And I've been like debating deep diving it. And I'm like, I don't know. You're one of the few people I like, I know that watches it. I've only heard good things, but I don't know anyone that watches it. And it also has a one of connection. I don't know if you know that too, but um, it, it's, it's apparently like just, I've heard really good things. So happy you're selling me on it right now. Just like somebody it. writing it from Winnipeg. Is that the connection? No, it's actually executive produced uh, in Winnipeg uh, with uh, original pictures. Uh, Kim Todd. Uh, oh, really? Produced um, season two and season three. That's crazy. Well, Kim. And these six six episodes of season four, Mike, where it ends. It oh, is. Oh, so wow, that's it. Oh, I'm, I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. Oh, fuck <laughs> you. you. Now, how do you feel that it's been canceled? <laughs> Exactly. Retroactively, they're removing it from all platforms immediately. It is still going. So what season is it? It's in season four right now. And um, yeah, for anybody who knows, like I don't want to spoil it because it is so fresh, but um for it it picks right up June June basically was was captured if you don't know this Ian. So the the story is is that all women are treated as property. And it's it's incredibly like I am aware that the first season is 100% the book, but I think the second and third season took the story further than the book did. And they've done an amazing job writing it. Like Margaret, Margaret Atwood is an executive producer on it. So she's telling the story with the writers, which is very obvious. Um, but I didn't read the book, but where we, where you're at right now is June has just sent a plane full of children to Canada, to Pearson airport, uh, to safety. And she decides instead of getting on that plane, she will stay behind to try to a save more of these uh, handmaids who are treated as property and try to get them all out, which is where the story goes completely haywire and becomes like you've 
for anybody who's seen it, we all know that we've watched June go from being a very strong, independent woman to being broken to then finding her independence again. And now she's in a stage where she just doesn't give a fuck and she's violent and she's angry and she's confused. And Elizabeth Moss is nails every point. Like it's so good. Bradley Whitford is in it as one of the, the wrongly in charge people who decided to change American values for what they thought was the better. Joseph Fiennes. What was that? Joseph Fiennes as well. Joseph Fiennes is fantastic. I don't know the name of Joseph Fiennes' wife in the show who plays. No. Well, sorry, I was going to say Alexis Bledel from. No, Denver. Alexis Bledel is also. Yeah, she's she she plays one of the handmaids. Like it is, it is. It's filmed in Ontario. It's filmed in Canada. Like it's it's an MGM produced show. Like if just for you, Ian, and the rest of the guys, like it is a lesson in storytelling. I mean, it's helmed by Margaret Atwood. Like she's well, a I... like she, you like whenever you get the writer, like George RR R. Martin, Neil Gaiman, Margaret Atwood, whenever you get them on a show, yeah, you've got somebody who's a master storyteller who just then the writers take their cues and go, okay, I can write that. But you're, you're telling the story of your characters instead of hiring a writer's room. And then, hoping it's interpreted properly this is like no this is my baby don't fuck with june so i guess my only reason i haven't really watched it to be honest is i've always wanted to read the book and i haven't is it even worth it like should i just like go hard into the show yeah yeah it is uh the book i've heard is more um like it is it i've is heard the- it's fucked like i, I want to read it yeah it's fucked. and they do include some of the fuckness in the show but it's not as from what i've heard it's not as uh like fluid it's a little chopped up. You get pieces of it, like like not not a spoiler. Um, the intensity at which any religion uh, can find itself at some point is you've got some people who practice and dabble, and then other people who are very devout, right? And practice to the tenth degree, like like think uh, the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, like, you know how he whipped himself and all that shit. Like that's what this is. So relatable. Yeah, <laughs> relatable. Exactly. I we've all been there. Yeah. You know, bad bad mistakes. You chastise. Yeah. Cat of nine tails. Yeah. I haven't started watching it because it seems like it's not a casual watch. Nope. I feel like I really nope. need to be ready to watch it. You gotta dot you gotta sit down, seatbelt, dial in, open your eyes like clockwork orange shit. And I, I love shows like that. Like I love the leftovers because that show demands my attention. Like, yes. It and, well, and Although the leftover is incredibly confusing, amazing, this is a lot easier to see coming. Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> I was just saying, leftovers is top like top three best things ever, like TV shows ever made in my opinion. Maybe number one for me. So it's Damon uh, Lindelof, man, it's always Damon Lindelof. That's the three. Well, I know, man. You like you can't like I I still I defend Lost despite I know what it is, but like I I think I think it's a great show still, and the first like couple seasons are amazing. So yeah, I agree. So, Lindelof can't lose. So the island is purgatory? To some interpretation. <laughs> yeah. You know, the island can be whatever you want it to be, Jimmy. Jesus. Oh. For you, you know, a, de- a degenerate fuck, it might be heaven. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it might be all, like, I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> My review of that show is just the title. <laughs> <laughs> That, is that did you? Is that your joke or did you? That's, that? No, that's just mine. That's just a good like joke. literally, you know how they like have in the bottom, like Mark Cowell from the Real Debater says, "Lost." <laughs> that is a good joke. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so if you if you've never watched it, 
or you are watching it, you you should start watching it again because it's we we chewed through six episodes in three nights, so like two hour sessions, like we'd we'd stop. Like me and Shauna, the last episode we saw, we both sat up on the couch and went, "What the fuck?" Cool. Like, I'm like excited. In unison. Yeah. It's those kinds of mo- and like it's it's that like stretching the taffy right pulling yarn like really stretching out june's adventure because she gets captured she gets away she gets captured she gets away like this is this is her journey it is a lesson in monotony right Mm -hmm. like that's that 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 is part of her theme and it just fucking rocks you just get so invested in her and you root for her it's like watching a UFC fight over four seasons. <laughs> like you're rooting for the underdog, right? And he's almost over. Like you're rooting for, for June to get, get her shit together and get shit done. And even the Marthas and the handmaids, like all of the women who have been captured and, and put into this, you're all, you're cheering for them constantly. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you ask yourself some questions. You're like, would I do that if someone had captured me and treated like they use like one of the Marthas is like, I was your property. That's one of her lines. And you're just like, you know what? Like, what do you say to somebody who treated you like property when you actually have the chance and they give these Marthas right that there. and you're like, fuck, fuck you comes to mind. Fuck, yeah. But like, <laughs> you just, you're just like, come on. Like one of them, I was, you could tell they were writing her where you didn't know if she was going to respond to her tormentor by agreeing with them or giving them what for and she gives them the what for at one point i don't want to ruin it too much but that is one of those convince like, me stop, stop <laughs> doing it, so mike to spin off from something you said there yeah and to, to move on here sure, yeah. um you, you mentioned that like you say well you and shauna got into blah 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 um just a quick thing do you find that obviously you do some of your media consumption uh, with your partner yeah um do you find like those with partners here those without those that have a, a movie partner, um, it, it really affects, I found is really affects what I consume because I don't have the luxury of just throwing on whatever I want to watch when we have, you know, time where you're sitting in front of the TV. I kind of have to find the, that show or, or something that, uh, that Chrissy's into. And that can be tricky sometimes because we have very differing tastes. I. How are you and Sean on that front? We are okay. Here's the thing, I've devised, a, I've devised, a, and I've I've realized this. Thank you, Kevin Smith, because he's talked about this on his show. And, and he's mentioned that like he tried to get Jen to watch Wandavision, and she got super into it because it was something that she could relate to. And I've realized that I can relate to almost anything Shauna watches, but Shauna can't relate to almost anything I want to watch because I want to watch shit. And then I want to watch other louder shit or funnier, dumb shit. Like I want to watch, I want to watch my, my, my shit. Right. And not all of my shit is tasteful or even full of story for that matter. But Sean is always is. So for me to be able, like I've realized that the driver of this show for what we watch together, she picks and then I will, we will watch something. And if she's like, I'm out, I'm like, okay, I add that to my list. And then I do it when she's, when she can work, when she's at work, I'll watch it before she gets home. And then we'll watch what we want to watch together. So my exposure to better movies actually doesn't come from me. It comes from Shauna because she likes the quirky and the weird and the odd and the, like we watch peanut butter Falcon because of Shauna, not because of me. I can't claim that I have that much taste. So mm-hmm. what you're saying, Mark, 
I get it. It does influence it. Yeah, and I we kind of follow that same theory. I I take it even a step further because Chrissy's um, very particular in some of the things that she likes. So when I do find, um, and particularly uh, with series, this works right. Like something that actually has some seasons. If we find something she likes, I obsess over us watching that because I know she can get excited about it. Me too. Right. So I'm like, hey, we're we gonna watch some more whatever it happens to be. Right. Oh, new WandaVision coming out today. Let's go check out WandaVision. Uh, I know you really like WandaVision. What do you think about WandaVision? And then I just shut up about everything else because she doesn't want to hear it. So <laughs> I know my audience. No. And then in the deep darkness when she's not home, then I'm I'm watching American Gods. Yeah, no, that's and like Shauna loves American Gods, but will not watch Hannibal with me. So I had to like consume Hannibal all on my own or like like Justice League. We I mentioned it before, like I was in I got the bedroom shitty TV for Justice League. Because that's not something we're gonna watch together. So, and and to that point, um, Ian, do you find like are, are you you're you're running solo right now, ladies? Ladies, Ian is is solo. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So um, our uh, resident. Oh, we're just limited to the ladies, Mike. That's pretty assumptive of you. No, no, no. <laughs> Fuck you. I did that. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying Ian's into it, but I mean, I I would rather have. Uh, 100% of the people drooling over me than only 50. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> you know what? Maybe sorry. I, maybe I'm sorry I, I cut off 50% of the market share for you, man. I didn't. <laughs> me and my assumption. I'm open-minded. You, you cut off over half the drool. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, is that like, do you find that you have somebody who you can watch almost everything with? Or are, do you have friends that you like not being with somebody do you have to pick people based on what you want to watch because you know they'll watch it with you i i have well especially when movie theaters were open i had like my friend who we would go see movies together and like but i would i love seeing anything like i can watch like if something perks my interest i will go i have a friend who 90 percent of the time that works but not every time um a lot of people i can hype people on movies i find so like i i have certain people i can just be like watch this with me in truth though i truly like watching movies by myself like i i just like i don't know i just have always liked that like i love going to theater by myself it feels so like just my relaxed space i zone in very well so i i do have certain people for different types of films like i definitely save certain movies for some friends or you know do do things like that but uh yeah it, it definitely uh, for the most part though like i consume media more than the i'm gonna say average person but like more than my friends um so like i just binge it by myself and it's easier and faster that way because then i can like talk to people like you guys <laughs> about more things I, I found I enjoy as I got more into to being a movie person that I like watching them by myself also because you can really get into it. And I've caught myself when I know I'm going to be watching a show with other people that I'll watch it first by myself so that I can oh, take yeah. it all in. I've done it. <laughs> I, I will tell people like, oh, I'd rewatch that if you want. I watched a really good movie. Yeah. I, I say that line all the time. I'll be, I'd rewatch that with you. Like trying to get my friends to watch beginners because i really love that movie and it's an old like you and mcgregor movie that it's anyways i was telling my friend like you would really like that let's rewatch it i like i love that movie. i rewatch it like every few months so like let's rewatch it one day um but yeah jimmy i've, che I've cheated and lied i'd be like no i haven't seen it let's watch it <laughs> <laughs> no i didn't i didn't go ahead on a couple episodes to just let you talk through this uh jimmy with with your new uh girl um 
or boy, because now I can't assume anymore. <laughs> we know partner, she's partner, partner, partner. Fuck off! Stop putting me in a corner. I'm not baby. <laughs> uh, with quit uh, painting him into one species, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. <laughs> okay, X Men in the top left corner. Um, do you guys? Do you guys share a lot of TV taste and movie taste? Was that something that we do? We absolutely do. Like a lot of the things we like, and I'm. The fun thing for me is uh, right now I'm like slowly introducing her to uh, professional wrestling. <laughs> and I'm not like, I, I don't, because if you do too much, nobody's going to get into it because it's just stupid. You got to do little bits of it. So I'm showing her, uh, like we talked about it with Stefan or Stefan the other day, right? Where uh, we were talking about Dark Side of the Ring. And oh, so I, good. Yeah. Right. I, I thought that was a nice place to start. And she's like slowly getting into it. Cause you got to show her the behind the scenes things, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. If you can show her the, the, just the strange things that go on that not a lot of people know about. And my, my favorite, it's my, it's one of my favorite things. It's a big soap opera for men and it's just so fun. You, so what? Uh, yeah. You, I want to see dark side of the ring. I want like a hundred more episodes of that. I want to oh, see yeah. everything in the back. I showed her the Chris Benoit episode. Oh, so good. And because she loves true crime, it just like it tenant, you know, it just fucking <laughs> tenant every time. Well played, Jimmy. That's a good that's a good segue there. Guys, he's universe building by using Dark Side <laughs> of the Ring to show his his girlfriend what wrestling really is like. So when they go to watch the real thing, she'll be that much more that is a very that that's a that's a that's a Jimmy C. I've shown her uh, the they WWE's been uploading the old Royal Rumbles to YouTube, so I started showing her the Royal Rumble because that's just like a big, fun, stupid event that everybody loves. Royal How Rumble. could you not love it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's it's all about showing her the good things first, and then you show her a full episode, and she's like, "Okay, I could get into this." Is my hopes? I totally, I totally dig it, and uh, I would love to find a better way to transition into our, our next portion of the show. So I'll just say <laughs> next portion of the show, guys. Hey, segue, um, Mike. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm getting there. Who's oh, I'm in the wrong chat group. So that's why I'm looking. <laughs> that's at. about all I have to say about that. That Yeah. No, wait, <laughs> you know, people don't listen to the segues, Mark. They don't, they don't tune in just for the transitions. If that was the case, we could do this in seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get on to what we do best, where we like to argue situational debates from movies. And uh, we got no, like, big show for you this week. We're going to do a couple of the little ones, which is which is always more fun because it always sparks so much more shit. Uh, <laughs> so I, I know I put down those two would-you-rathers. I think the second one is more fun than the first one. So we'll go to that one first. So we're going to start off segment number one with a simple would-you-rather. Uh, between these two characters, which I, or character groups, I should say, I will get to, uh, one of these two groups will instantly become your new best friends. The other group will become your worst enemies. Who do you choose to be friends with? And I chose the Channel 4 News team from Anchorman or the Expendables from Expendables 1, because that's really the good one. Everything else, kind of, I mean, yes, Arnold came along, so did Harrison Ford and Bruce Willis and everybody, but like, True original cast, Expendables. Who do you want to be friends with? Who do you want to be your worst nightmare? Ian, go first. I would want to have the Expendables as my... No, sorry. Screw that. 
Channel 4 is my friend. Expendables as my enemy. Channel 4, they're too unpredictable. That's the problem. He threw a, he threw a trident at one guy, uh, uh, <laughs> like Brent or whatever his name is. Like I feel like they come from Looney Tune world where anything's possible, and Expendables are kind of generic who they are. Like, I feel like a bullet could kill them. I'm not sure if a bullet could kill any of the guys from, like, Channel 4. So that's where I'm kind of sitting on. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, like, when, like, are you just referring to the fact that, like, they're just a, like, the Channel 4 news team is just a bunch of idiots? And I, I, they are, but to the extent where they're, they, they, their universe, does, like I said, it's like being in Space Jam all of a sudden where the rules don't really exist anymore. <laughs> So like I'm like they're they're Looney Tunes. So like they could they could pull out like an anvil and throw it at you and you're like, oh my god, so anything's possible with them where expendables is just like, no, I get them. I like, you know, so yeah, I, I, I think they're easier to take out in reality. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh Jimmy, what what about what about you? Where do you land with Rocky well, and Dolph Lundgren? Well, you know, Mike, uh this is a tough one. Uh, both of them are very proven in combat. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, hang on, hang on, hang on one second. If you're going to say proven, obviously one of us has to say, where's the proof. So before you go on one, one line of proof on the fly, sir. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, take any anchorman fight scene, anchorman one or two that I think they handle themselves pretty well. None of them die. None of them lose any limbs. Um, Brick killed a guy. That's cool. <laughs> and the Expendables have what? I mean, decades of action hero proof, right? Like you can, you can watch any movie ever. <laughs> I think the Expendable, one of the Expendables, were probably in it. Okay. So yeah, is there anybody that's in the in both movies? Is there a is there a tie that binds? <laughs> Uh, Paul Rudd, I don't think was in anything. I don't think that's a good question. Yeah, no, I, I mean, off the top of my head, I don't think we have a six degrees of uh, Anchorman going on here. Will Farrell was in anything? No, Liam Neeson was Liam Neeson the fourth one. Hold on, I may have something, I may be on to it. Oh man, I'm like, I'm playing this game in my head. I'm like, this one alone here will open it up to all four of them because if you only yeah, the first one had like Terry Crews, Dolph Lundgren, Randy Couture. Terry oh. Crews was in. Was he in Anchorman one or two? Who? No. No. Terry Crews? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. Oh, it was so close. He should yeah. have been in it, but it wasn't it. Uh, I was thinking Danny Trejo might have been made a guest appearance in Anchorman and might have been in The Expendables, but apparently he was supposed to be, and I don't think he was. Yeah, how do you leave out Machete? Like that's just brood man like he deserves to be in an expendables movie although i mean you go I'll, right to machete i thought he would i think it was what johnny 13 there or whatever is the oh Con Air character johnny 13 yeah <laughs> what about uh he was dust till dawn right? <laughs> yeah he was it's danny i know aaron when he was in la before in the before times um he went to danny trejo's taco truck oh and i've heard of that taco. he wasn't there unfortunately um okay so so just to uh, uh satisfy me and to remind me because i've already forgot jimmy who wait, 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 wait 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 what did we say terry terry cruz yeah okay i have a, i have a connection i just figured out oh all right 
Okay. Um, but uh, um, so Steve Carell was in Get Smart. Get Smart also had Terry Crews in it. Oh. So there is a connection after all. There you go. Oh, I almost pulled the trigger on that one. It was killing me. I was like, yeah. we have to have a whole episode of pick two movies, and we'll see without the use of uh, computers oh. if we can tie them together. I'm I'm very good at this. My friends would do this to me all the time on road trips. I'm really good at this. Yeah. No, I I I 100% agree with you, Mark. That has now been it's on it's on the chuckboard wall. We can see who can make the a most interesting connections and b the shortest connection between the two points. I think that would be fun. I love this. And go down. Yes, this is this is the kind of trivia I planned on today, but didn't have in mind until you. <laughs> uh, Jimmy. Okay, so who are you friends? You want to be friends with Channel Four News team over Expendables? You, okay, so and it, I feel like I'll get hurt less if I'm friends with the Expendables. He he gets it. <laughs> yeah, that no, that's I mean, yeah, for sure. If I'm just gonna get shot in the face. That doesn't. That's all right. I'm not gonna be in an RV crash with scorpions and bowling balls. I mean, when you put it in that regard, sometimes being shot in the face is better than. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not in most cases, but all right. Um, I I want to be. Fr- I think I want to be friends with. Like, I mean, and it's just a matter of math. I think I want to be friends with the Channel 4 news team because 60% of the time they work every time. So, like, I mean, those are good odds right there. Second to that, I mean, leather-bound books, rich mahogany, wheels of cheese. These are things I can get down on. Uh, I feel I'd have more in common with them in regards to like what we would do outside of like, I'm just looking at it from like, I would never do anything that would put me in the expendable. Like we'd be enemies, but not until I did something that made me their enemy. Right. I don't think I'm going to do anything dumb enough to be like, I want to be their enemy. And you think they just dislike you. Yeah. I think they would just be like, not worth <laughs> my time. Right. Like they don't get out of bed for anything less than like a million dollar hit or something. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like food stamps and a happy meal and that's payment. So like I want to be friends with the guys I know I'd be really, really good friends with. So yeah. So 60% of the time I want to be friends with anchorman channel four news team. Mark, what about you? Uh, you know what? That's I've been bouncing back and forth between them, but uh, God, I want to pick and choose. I want like one from here and one from there, but I guess I can't do that. Today. Why not? Fuck it. I didn't. Damn it. I, yeah. You know what? I, there's friends I want in all of them. Like I, I, I love my, uh, some Paul Rudd. I think Paul Rudd's amazing. Um, and then like, I'm a huge Statham guy. Like I don't, I don't like Stallone, but I, I like some of the supporting cast, right? Like Randy and Statham. Those are, those are my boys. So I don't, that's a tough pick. I'm oh, going to have to go oh. with the expendables. Paul Rudd and uh, Jason Statham in a movie, I feel like, is like eventually going to happen. I feel right, like like a, a buddy cop movie or something, or they feel it's right together. Yeah, it does feel it does feel a little bit like um like, like the like, transporter meets I Love You Man. Yeah, a little bit. Right? <laughs> like, it feels like you know what it, it feels like Hitman's bodyguard. It feels like Ryan. I was just going to yes. say that. That's yeah, the topic. transporter's body double. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't. <laughs> Something. You gotta pitch that. <laughs> oh, it's Paul Rudd in like the first movie in the bag, and like Jason Statham opens the bag, and Paul Rudd's like, "Hey!" No, but it's but it then as soon as he opens the bag, it goes to that one scene that Paul Rudd always plays on on Conan whenever he has to 
back in me. Back in me. That's what's in that game. <laughs> okay, no, Mark, you raise a good point there. Like this, this was not designed to be hard in the paint. Let's 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 evolve here, right? Um, the friendship with I, I completely and Mickey Rourke too. Like you know, oh, yeah. weird yeah. tattoo artist Mickey. Okay, so yeah, being friend, I feel that my my like my my street status would go up huge if I was friends with Mickey Rourke and Stallone and you know everybody from because it's like you're hanging around, you know assassins and ex-military and tattoo artists and bikers and fighters like that that right alone would make anything that i've ever tried to do probably a little cooler so i want to i think i want to be friends with mickey rourke from the wrestler Ah, oh he's so sad except he's good at cutting meat yeah but we'll play nintendo that would be nice (laughs) yeah and he has an action figure based off him. I would rather be Mickey friends with Mickey Rourke from Iron Man 2. Ooh, Whiplash. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we could just do like Ant-Man versus Whiplash and we can hang out with Paul Rudd and Mickey Rourke. That'd be cool. That'd be a yeah. good movie. I, I, maybe I do want to change. I don't know if I want to change my answer. No, I want to be friends. Like, like I'm, I'm thinking about like everything. Like Brick would be, Brick is, Brick you could convince to do anything. Cause you're like, just come on, brick, bring your trident. You'll be safe. And like Paul Rudd's character, I can't remember his name, but sex Panther, who is, who you're friends with someone who has a colon that's named sex Panther. Like, even if you, even if you don't really like them, they're there to make, they're there to turn the group up like an extra notch. That's like the stifler of Brian Fantana was, uh, that's it. Yeah. Brian Fantana. And then the guy, uh, who's in everything, the, who was in waiting played the boss, David Kochner. David Kochner. Champ, champ. Yeah. What, what's his saying? Whammy. Whammy, yeah. So having a guy who's like always got a really good quick draw slogan for fun situations. That'd One be- mistake and you're out. <laughs> Best line. All right. Um, we, we, okay, so me, Jimmy, Mark, Ian. So Ian, what was yours again? Shit, I'm, I'm horrible. Now, is Veronica Corningstone included in that friends group? Well, the Channel 4 News, yes. it. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I'm sorry for being a sexist. Because that changes right. things completely. It, well, how, yeah, because that, that does. Because that actually right? brings some maturity to the group. Like, Applegate's the bomb. And then if, like, if she broke character and then became Christina Applegate, I could be like, can we talk about Married with Children? That would yeah. be you know, like she's not in character the entire time because you know we've always assumed these people want to stay in character with us, but they probably. Want to... I mean, really, Veronica is kind of like their leader, is she not? Like she keeps them all in line. She's a smart one. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely the one who has tact and and professionalism and. And how about the boss, the Fred? What is his name? Fred Astaire? What? No, Fred Astaire. What's his uh, Fred? Fred. Oh. He passed away recently. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Like Canadian actor. Yeah, I fuck. I don't know. Um, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Anyways, he plays the boss in Anchorman. We playing the game where we're not using technology right now, Mark? Or... I, I hands yeah, up. I can't remember who it is. That's the okay. top of my. Anyways, he's also on the team. Fuck it. I okay. still like. I'm I'm all for channel and channel four. All right. Okay. So we got one channel. Okay. So that's two channel four. Jimmy channel Expendables. Yeah, I think I'll have to be friends with the Expendables. Okay. Uh, and and Mark, your Expendables as well. If you had to pick. I'm yeah, I'm uh, the expendables are going to be like my 
my crew, but then I'm like really good friends with like Statham and Terry Kurz. We're the ones that like hang out. Okay. Yeah. Those two guys specifically. I don't think, I don't know, Ian, do you think you'd change your mind to give these guys an over here? Cause you know, someone's got to win. We got a two way, we got a, we got a tie here. No, I'm happy with me. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Hey, yes. Fred, Fred Willard. Fred Will- there. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Fucking rad in the corner. Um. All right. So yeah. Okay. We got. Yeah. We got. We got a little time here. We can do the second one. Uh. The second one is uh. Rick Moran has popped in my brain when this happened, which is how most <laughs> come about. Did they catch the guy that punched him in the face. They did. Yeah. At least you didn't pop Rick Moranis. That's... Yeah. No. I would never hit Canada's. I think they should let us all punch that guy back. Right. <laughs> no. Everybody gets to punch Canada. that guy. Yeah. And every Canadian gets to punch him in the stomach. What's that called? If a Crispin Glover is using a stack of ripped up, <laughs> what's what's beating? What's like an entire country punching someone in the face? I think a Crispin Glover is getting punched with a glove full of chips. That's what <laughs> I think. That's how I think it. Yeah, I think that's- as you climax. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, all right. So yeah, this this one uh, comes from a place of love for Rick Moranis, uh, and a, um, probably easily one of my favorite childhood movies because it is something that ties into one of our favorite superheroes that we've just kind of talked about and by proxy. Uh, would you rather be shrunk in Honey I Shrunk the Kids, or be blown up in Honey I Blew Up the Kid? So look at it just from Would you rather be really fucking tiny? Would you really? Would you want to be fucking huge? Uh, Mark. Oh goodness, I I gotta go with uh, with small. I want to be shrunk. Okay. For I want to because ah, it's a whole new world when you shrink. A whole new right? world. Like when you're big, you're just you, you don't see anything new. You just see it from a different perspective. But I think uh, um, you get small, and suddenly you know you're you're face to face with uh, an ant or like my aunt Donna or like an ant. <laughs> face to face with an aunt not your aunt <laughs> no i just because you know you have they have this scene where they like get shrunk and they're in the backyard right and yeah. the, the blades of grass are like enormous and it's just i i think it would be kind of cool to uh if i got shrunk to kind of go and investigate the micro world somewhere okay i'm i'm because there's a there's another movie that this all ties into here and blubber yeah, blubber <laughs> I think when you when you go big, it's sort of like uh, you gain a lot of power, right? And I don't really, I don't really have that urge to suddenly like be bigger than everything and and kind of take over the world. I, I want to explore, so I'm going with the explorer in me. Okay, so new, a whole new world, like Blades of Grass, an ant all of a sudden becomes a city bus. Yeah, um, you know, a, a, that that cookie, that cookie and honey oh. for kids, that oatmeal cookie that we all love uh that was yeah okay so yeah you all of a sudden yeah you you just take up well that's the movie downsizing with matt damon i don't know if you guys did you guys ever watch it uh yes i don't remember it much but it wasn't any good i feel like it could have been better than what it was yeah that's that's the problem with it it could have been the 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 place where they got the science from and this really weird community in norway and all that like they just missed some notes, but like to Mark's point, when you shrink, you actually also take like the whole per- plot of the movie is to take up less space. Like we occupy. So imagine if you were one one hundredth the size, how much you wouldn't need to eat, how much you wouldn't need to use water, right? So you're also like 
what how how small your carbon footprint is 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 basically the is, it's a carbon footprint climate change propaganda piece. <laughs> it is very much it doesn't work. Well. Yeah, it just doesn't work well. Uh, but well, yeah. I always like to I I like to see it from uh, from Men in Black. Right there's that sort of the scene where the universe. Hail J. Yeah, the world. But no, the other side though, where our universe exists, unlike oh okay, yeah, like a speck compared to somewhere else. We're in a marble somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So you the whole time they're kind of giving you the the all hail J, where you're the big thing. But I like the flip side where we're just like Horton hears a who, right? Like you know we're that little world living, and there's something else out there. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Jimmy, really big or really small? And uh, but you know, Michael, both of these give me real anxiety. I, <laughs> I'm worried that if I'm going to be super big, then I have to be worried about stepping on somebody. If I'm super small, I got to be worried about being stepped on. And uh, I think I'm just leaning towards big. Like, I feel like there's more maybe marketability being gigantic. You'd, like, you'd come with a reality television show for sure. Is this temporary yeah. or permanent? This Ooh, is good question. Hey, no, you're right. Good question. Uh, with plot and canon being used as per usual, uh, Dad fixes it eventually. Rick Moranis fixes it, figures it out, and saves the day. So it's it is uh, it is temporary, and it is no more than two an hour and forty minutes. <laughs> and now, how big how big do I get? Uh, you six you, two. Uh, six. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in. <laughs> Finally, basketball. That's what's keeping me out of the NBA, Mark. <laughs> wow, I'm huge. <laughs> Finally, I can touch the rim. Yeah. Wow, average size. Let me go to a concert. Oh, I can see. <laughs> Uh, okay. So, so big for, for, okay. Well, that, that guess... eases your anxieties, doesn't it, Jimmy? If we just make you like six, five, then you're not going <laughs> to step on anybody. It really does help. I'm just going to hit my head a lot. <laughs> would, uh, you'd just be like Andre the giant. I feel or... like if it was too big, you would have, you'd have to deal with a lot more beanstalks than you normally have to. And a lot more people climbing those beanstalks mm. and eventually killing you. You're basically Tom Hanks and big. <laughs> I feel like Jimmy would I just want become to, an adult man. <laughs> Jimmy would want to become like the next Andre the Giant and and live a career of professional wrestling. Yeah, I wish if I had the capacity to drink like he could. Wow. Yeah. You know, did you guys watch the documentary on Andre the Giant? Like yeah. 120 oh. beer at a time or something. It was insane, but. Uh, for some reason in that documentary, they took a whole like 10 to 15 minutes to just talk about how much he farted. <laughs> yes. And I, I just like, I, if I'm ever lucky enough that someone makes a documentary about me, I don't want 10 to 15 minutes of it dedicated to how well I farted or to how little I farted either or <laughs> let's just leave farting off the, off the script. You know, we don't, we don't need that. I don't. That's a note. Here's a note. No farting in my <laughs> by Jimmy Skinner. I actually Dude. saw somebody do a, a, a short YouTube sort of doc on whether or not Andre the Giant could have been the strongest man in the world, and Neat. it was from like a, a strongest man in the world competitor, like oh. analyzing his his biology and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. 
And uh, they said he could, I mean, obviously very strong for his size, but without a doubt, nobody could ever out drink Andre the Giant. Interesting. That's incredible. The the picture of the beer can in in Andre's hand, it just, it looks like it's a tube of toothpaste. It's just like, and it's a normal size beer can to all of us. Like in, for me to hold that beer can, it, it's, it's just a massive, massive man. But yeah, I remember Jimmy, Jake the Snake Roberts talking about being farted on by Andre the Giant in such a lovely way like like a like a like he like it was a badge of honor to be farted on because he did it in the ring in a move where like he turned around and sat on him and then he did it while he was sitting on him and it's clearly one of those things where it's like after the match they're joking about it and he was like yeah I thought it'd be funny to fart on you because only me and you would know right the kind of fart it is it's like a it's like a friendship fart it wasn't a he could eat three turkeys in one sitting. That's not a friendship part. He's shitting on you. <laughs> so here, here's my here's my pop culture. You guys probably know this already, but that my pop culture side, since we're talking about Andre the Giant, is um, you're familiar with uh, the Obey brand? Yeah. Do you, do you know that originally Obey was Obey the Giant? Oh, and the, no. the Obey picture is actually a zoomed in character of andre the giant's face yeah interesting i didn't know designed by shepherd fairy who did the famous hope barack obama poster also interesting who is in uh exit through the gift shop he's briefly in it right yeah well discuss he's he's in exit through the gift shop no no (laughs) shepherd fairy (laughs) they reference shepherd fairy in it a little bit and he's interviewed right about banksy uh, all right, so we got small for Mark, tiny Mark. We got adult sized Jimmy. <laughs> Don't want to be too big. Don't I made want... a wish. Just, uh, stop me at shopping at Mr. Big and Tall, says Jimmy. <laughs> uh, I will go next, and I will say that I. Well, let's go small. And, and it's for such selfish and somewhat dark reasons want to be in the room when people are talking about me Herbert do you do you want to be in the room with people talking about you Michael I think I want I think I want to be more of a pervert now that Ian said it Um, (laughs) just no but like you know what you you, if you've always like just to your own advantage I think I'd be like okay uh, let's find out like you know just the things that any average human wants to find out I don't want to be in the room when people are talking about you because nobody is ever like that would that's you want to talk about anxiety, Jimmy? We're getting into some anxiety ridden territory. Taking a one way trip, one way ticket to sad town. There, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, it's okay to be a cuck sometimes, sit in the corner and watch. <laughs> Very healthy expression of what you really need. I just recently got caught up on the boys, uh, and there's the scene where he's talking to Lamplighter about being a cuck because they're watching porn, and I'm like. <laughs> Wow, that was a really great way to use that as a metaphor in this show about perverted superheroes. Anyway. Well, I was going to say, there's that. What's his name's character in The Boys? That's all he does is hide out in people's dressing rooms and be around when they're oh, talking. Oh, translucent. About yeah. Translucent. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I like this, I, but I would hide in, I wouldn't hide in the room that I, like, I don't want to know what people really think of me, but I would hide in the room and, like, 
I would take my time and, you know, go to the CIA and be like, okay, fill me in. Right. Like I would use those. And then going back to normal height, I would be like, yeah, aliens are real. And they shot JFK. Like, that's what I would really want to know is to be in those in the rooms where all the power is discussed. Uh, so yeah, I'd go small for new adventures in corporate takeover and whatnot. Like I'd be in the room with Mark Zuckerberg being like, how do you, how do you shut this beast of a problem down? Right. In fact, I'd use it for good. Fuck you, you pervert. I'm not a pervert, Ian. Your turn. <laughs> I called you a cuck after. I, I, I called you a cuck after <laughs> I, I moved from pervert to cuck. I feel like cuck was the right choice. It's, it's you know what? Bad. I think they come from the same origins. I also agree. I feel like they have a, some sort of heritage to, uh, to what we're wanting. <laughs> Tenants. <is the word. laughs> Tenant, if you will. Um, I would go small. Only because big feels like I would be a moving target. Like the world couldn't, I'm too big already for the world, man. I don't want to be any bigger. <laughs> like people already like trying to come after me. I have assholes at me all day. Why the fuck would I want to be any bigger, man? Okay. I'm already a man child. I don't need to be a man, man. Sorry. Mostly just doing a lot more camping. Yeah, <laughs> but it does like it does feel like you're you are like you're um um what's it called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh like you come together like you are that you're like the destructive monster coming in um I, it just doesn't feel like right and necessary it feels like you cause more damage everyone would be right at you to destroy you um the small makes the most sense it feels like it could be fun here's my other thing with small growing up I loved. Um, I think it was just like the three, like, I don't remember what it was called. Um, it was the Mickey Mouse cartoon where they were doing, uh, the beanstalk, like, uh, the giant. Oh, right. oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you think. Mickey and the beanstalk. Wasn't it just Mickey Mickey and the beanstalk? That? I, I don't remember. Anyway, so they go up and it's Goofy, Donald and Mickey and they're poor. And then they go up the beanstalk and they find the giant's house and they go in the giant's table and they're playing with all the food and they're swimming. And at one point, uh, like Mickey or Goofy falls into like a cube of jello and is swimming in it and looks really fun. And I've always imagined myself being tiny in that table situation. That was me throwing bottles. So I got very excited talking about that. <laughs> uh, but, but yes, I, that small for that specific reason would be just insane. Yeah, he climbs inside the giant's nose, right? I just, yeah. If you're going to be small, you'd need a handler. Like need floating on a marshmallow you. in a sea of cocoa. Oh, like I, I just don't trust Rick Moranis to make sure I'm going to stay alive. Uh, you've seen the movie. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Plot for plot. Like you're, 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 you're going to be fine. He's going to bring you back to normal. Thoughts. So you can, if dunk you catch, <laughs> if you catch me on a good day, when I want to help the world, I'd go small. But if I was like really pissed off and angry at everybody, I'm like, blow me up. I'm going to be a fucking Kaiju and I'm going to take out New York city. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, Mark, for a second, I know Martin's going to be listening. Would that kaiju be to scale? <laughs> it would absolutely be to scale. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> to scale with other kaijus. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we've got Mark Small, Jimmy Only So Big, Ian Small, and me Small. So, Jimmy, mm-hmm. all the reasons here. Do you want to come to the dark side and go tiny and listen to people talk about you in another room and no an adventure <laughs> or you just, know, climb inside of a nose of a giant? 
I'm just going to be moderately big. So when people see me, they just say, how's the weather up there? And I go, <laughs> good one. <laughs> That's all I've ever wanted. You know, that kind of joke reminds me of the when someone breaks a plate in a restaurant and some asshole yells out the, the Greek, whoop oh, Yeah, I'm that guy. I don't, you're so much better. I would have never have guessed it. Yeah, no, Ian, you're so much better than that guy. Don't be that guy. Don't but it's my Greek heritage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, next on the docket here, ladies and gentlemen and everybody. Okay, yeah, let's do Moral Dilemma. I like Moral Dilemma because it lets us... For th this is for the sake of the argument shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we assume the plot of a movie and what we would do in the shoes of said character or if what said character is doing is morally right or morally wrong. Are they bankrupt? Do they have ethics? So on and so forth. So it's kind of a toss-up between, and I know Mark's going to love this one because he's just going to shit on it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> oh shit, he brought... So... I'm in another chat group with Mark, and for what the ladies and gentlemen can't see, Mark just went from Mark Cowell to uh, Daft Punk one more time. He has these. We'll take. I'll take a screenshot of this and we'll send it out. But like this is uh, his new mask he got off. Was that off Wish? I, it was on Amazon, but it's basically a Wish mask. But this is literally just a pair of sunglasses. So this is my new attire that I go to shopping at Sobeys in. So people leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. No, I would you, definitely. You wear a mask and you wear those giant ass sunglasses. Yeah. Like I, I, the more I watch you put it on, the more I want to dance to electronic music. But I feel safer at the. I love I love that I'm the asshole for shouting Opa, and he's like the good guy for wearing a giant ass fucking reflect. Well, in in this day and age, what are they gonna tell you? You can't cover your face in this store. No, <laughs> just... <laughs> on a sunny day, Mark, you're gonna start fires. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna look down and start a campfire with that glare. Anyways, okay, so moral dilemma. The moral dilemma that we are facing, gentlemen, is uh, from Minority Report. If you've never seen this movie, I suggest bring up the plot right now. Take a look at it. Get some clips going. It'll help you understand this portion of the show a little bit better. But in Minority Report, part of the plot is there's these three, um, I guess, they're, they're called cognitives in the movie. but they can Precog. Three cogs, thank you, yeah. Um, based on being cognitive and being able to see into the future and whatnot. Uh, and they use them to stop crime, which they call true crime, to stop true crime from happening. So essentially they're able I to... I love true crime. <laughs> well, so the true His crime... His arms were pulled off. His legs were pulled off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I gotta go to the bathroom. No, I've seen that TikTok video, Mark. That was funny. Um, but that's gold. That's TikTok gold right there. I know. We're getting there. You'll see us on TikTok soon. With baby fucking we just started making videos. I I I anyways. Moral dilemma. Moral dilemma. If you were in the movie, uh, do you believe that the ability that these precogs have to stop crime from happening, do you think that's right? or wrong and it should just kind of roll out on its own plus also are you you're using these people like they're being tortured in in, in the movie like they're not enjoying what they're doing because they're being forced to see the future jimmy um what what do you think good idea bad idea probably gonna go with a bad idea there <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't you know uh, i don't i don't think that's probably a good idea uh to torture you know anybody but it's <laughs> I mean, I want to know about the future as much as anyone, I guess. But at the same time, I, I think this wasn't this the plot to the Civil War II comic. 
for from Marvel. Like I think this uh they did this with Iron Man and Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel's like they find this uh they find a mutant who can see the future and he can see crimes that are going to happen basically. It's the plot total recall but Marvel version. Yeah, yeah. And Tony Stark's like, ah, we can't do this. Captain Marvel's like, well, we got to know who's going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And then Hawkeye shoots the Hulk in the head, but he doesn't see it coming. So they got to, it's, it's a fine little comic. And so I, no, I want to, I want to find that now. Mark, do you have that? I, I do not. Oh, okay. That sounds fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no three boobed woman, but. Hey, man, I, I can go without, I'm not addicted to it yet. You're going to tell me that wasn't your favorite part of Total Recall? I'm no, not even. <laughs> no, I'm not trying. <laughs> well, I haven't seen Total Recall. Really? Or not Total Recall, Minority Report. Oh, you haven't seen Minority Report? Do, do you well, why, guess why I haven't seen Minority <laughs> Report? <laughs> okay, fair enough. I thought you may have, and that might have been one of the ones that pissed you off. So, okay, yeah. so not so from okay from just that though. Then, Mark, like you know enough because you know. Sorry, about I didn't. Why haven't you seen Minority Report? He season. hates Tom Cruise. He can't stand him. But even like Tom Cruise in a good movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, show me one and I'll see if I like it. Like Mission Impossible, like Rogue Nation, Mission Impossible, the last one, like Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. I, 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 okay, Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> I'll give you Edge of Tomorrow. I liked The Firm. Great movie. Like Top Gun. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with Tom Cruise in that one. But that doesn't, that's like, that's, you like, you can dislike an actor, but like a movie still. Like, See, I on on principle, I won't watch uh, any of the uh, uh, Tom Cruise as an action star movies. Jack Reacher, because I don't believe it. Yeah, Jack Reacher. <laughs> I like believe, Jack Reacher. Do you actually believe Cruise as Jack Reacher? I don't in the least. It, he does a good job. Like all he, five foot two of him, just you know kicking what? everybody's ass. If he can believe in Scientology, then I can believe in him as an action star. Uh, yeah. I feel like Shut is like a great one too. Like not that that's an action one, but like I, I truly like. I think he, I think he kicks ass these days. I just think he's like. I'm, I don't like hers. That's so interesting. Oh. Yeah, I just can't. I, I don't know. I, I've seen a, a fair amount. I shouldn't say I've seen a lot of Tom Cruise movies or movies yeah. that he's in. I just don't love them. I don't. I just don't. I don't find him believable as a lot of his characters. But that's just Vanilla me. Sky. No, movie. If you okay. can tell me what Vanilla Sky is about, I will admit that it's a good movie. Uh, it's one of the islands from Lost. <laughs> I think yeah, it's exactly. the same plot as Minority Report. <laughs> yeah, exactly. no, I actually, no, I actually sincerely like Vanilla Sky. Do you guys, none of you guys like Vanilla Sky? I liked Vanilla Sky. I liked Vanilla. Gonna, Sky. I, that 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 film is like the idea of like what immortality is and what like I don't know. I I just think I I just look at it that way. That is like a weird, weird fucking film, but I think like Cameron Crowe, that's Cameron Crowe like reaching and I think he does a like, good job. At the intersection of Lost and Tenet, we find. I think that movie like holds better than like Tenet in a lot of ways. I think it actually like it does what it's doing better than what Tenet does sometimes. No, knowing. So knowing what you know and knowing about the premise of using these, because really I, I'm. I'm okay if they can come up with a system that stops crime from happening, but doesn't have anything to do with the torturement of somebody who has a, a, a thing that obviously causes them pain. So what if, hold on, Michael, what if you found out that you were going to do like some heinous crime? I don't know, something awful. 
uh, would you just be like, oh, well, I guess I'll just go sit in jail. I deserve that. Well, see, my issue is is not back to that. Go, <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark. I th- I think, and that's it, the only reason I, I cut in there is because that's the part of it that I have an issue with. Is not the, I mean, the torturing is bad, but anytime that you can see into the future, I have difficulty with the premise that the future is written and can't be changed. Yes. Right. Right. So I think if you know that somebody's going to commit a crime don't go throw them in jail for something that they didn't actually do. I think you should. Yes, exactly. You should change the course of time to prevent it from ever happening. Yes. That's that's where I have the problem. That is where that is (laughs) my answer lies in that. Okay. If you're going to stop the problem, change, change the problem. Don't penalize the person for the mistake. If you like now you've got, like if if because we're using plot like we you can't put this into real life because there's too many complications but just for the sake of for the sake of the argument um you do have this idea of that yes you are stopping damage from happening but you're also the person hasn't done it yet so technically there's room for change so i agree with mark in that it's okay to do this just not reprimanding the person changing the i would i would open a prehabilitation center yeah there you go fuck yeah that's where they should go not to jail for almost killing somebody going to prehabilitation prehab Prehab. (laughs) (laughs) and that's the episode of the show that's the title of the episode of the show right there prehab ladies and gentlemen they is tried the... to make me go to prehab <laughs> probably should have went probably should have went probably oh that... if only she had a tortured oh, soul had... that could predict the future right <laughs> okay so yeah so uh ian lastly to you where where do you do you think this is a morally bankrupt situation or is it is it even right is it it's clearly right? a morally bankrupt situation that's the entire plot of the movie <laughs> okay is this right or wrong <laughs> um i right away like knowing the any like future of crime future of crime is very like scary in general uh you you can't yeah it's it's just wrong like it's just an easy no don't tell me that <laughs> like it's it's as bad as someone being like you want to know how you're gonna die like it's that no, no. and so, playing with the future in that regard is is da- playing with the future in any way shape or form is i i the biggest fear because i'm already a lazy piece of shit so if i get any lazier and if i knew the future that would make me super lazy I'd be <laughs> like, well now i know uh, no need to keep it in sixth gear anymore in life. I'll go to third and coast, and I gotta want to know that shit. Like, so well, yeah. Also, if we are going to the plot of the movie, Christopher Plummer figured out. Was it Chris, Christopher Plummer? Uh, I, who who was the guy? The father of the well, not the, yeah. He, is, um, he figures out a way to like hacking it. Um, in this like really interesting way that they because they discover that the precogs get like deja vu and they replay and they think yeah it's very cool I actually really like the loop which is how they fucked tom cruise for you mark they fucked tom cruise yeah in. there's no christopher Plummer in it i'm not sure who that was an older max, guy. max von cito's in it that's who you're confusing yeah. it with yeah um anyways yeah i think i think it's like an easy like answer for that one but that's me i think mike that would be a good uh question on sort of a a, a, a psych evaluation it's like if you know the future 
and you know somebody's going to to commit some heinous crime, what do you do? Like, do you do you stop the person? Do you go there and wait for them and uh, uh, like arrest them after they do it? Did you go there and like? Yeah, that'd be kind of interesting to see where uh, your where you lie on the whole. Yeah, no. Do you prevent I, something or anybody out there who's uh, looking to get rid of the sociopaths in your life? Ask them that question. <laughs> that will really give you a baseline for what you're working with. I think. Do that... you beat them to it? Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do you do? Oh, he's going to rob a bank. I bet I could do that. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, you see how he's going to do it, and it works. So you take the idea. Like if you saw that Ben Stiller is going to do a tower heist, yeah. would you then do that tower heist? We're playing that. We got to do a tower heist. Oh, I love a good heist. You defend a tower heist for half a second, a movie I've not seen. Um, Ocean's Eleven never said, guys, we are now. <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think they need to say tower Jam never went. This is a space jam. They had a whole song about it. (laughs) We're going to slam now. Do they have a scene, Jimmy, where they assemble a team in Tower Heist? Absolutely. Yeah, that 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 absolutely does take place. I actually might watch it to be honest, like because you kind of (laughs) like you kind of hyped it for me. I kind of want to watch it. I will. Some of the jokes did make me laugh. I don't know if you're bored. I want a feature length movie that all they do is assemble a very large team but never actually do anything. <laughs> like MacGruber. MacGruber. I was going to say, have you seen MacGruber? That is like the best thing ever. I haven't actually seen the MacGruber movie. Can I, can I spoil the joke? I, it's the best joke, but they spend like a good 15 minute montage where they're getting like, we need a bomb expert. They go and they like, the guy's working out and they're like, we need you. And they do this whole huge thing. And then he's like, I got the team. They're all in that van waiting for me. The van blows up. And like they, But they spend like a good chunk of the movie building this team and this huge montage of them like going to each place and like getting their team. It's very that, funny. That feels somewhat Deadpool 2-ish also. Very similar like Deadpool <laughs> Yeah. Which is also very funny. I think that's like a really good scene. I want to uh, I want to switch it up here and do. Uh, we got some first looks at some shit that Ian uh, reminded me of that I'm glad he did because I was like, yeah, that was that was more than a trailer. So we'll start there. Um, Marvel's join us at the movies trailer dropped. Uh, how many of us cried? I cried. <laughs> I didn't cry, but I, I definitely got like goosebumps. Okay, so you got emotional. I got emotional. Mark, did you cry? I didn't cry for this one, but did you? Did you get pimply? I, 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 I had, yeah. You know what? It was, it was, it brought forward some emotions for sure. Okay, and Jimmy, what about you? Waterworks. I just want fucking Blade. Where's Blade? Give me Blade. Yeah, that there is there is speculation. I, okay, so let's start there. Yeah, no Blade. We'll start with what we didn't get, which is pretty much the big one. Um, no Blade. I don't think they have anything. No, I, me either. I don't think they have anything yet. Like they're still they're still building that from the front, not yep. from the back. So I don't think that they had. And I mean, like it would have been fun to see some fan art or some artist from Disney, like just draw up like to close because how they closed with the four for Fantastic Four, um, it would have been really cool to see them fade then into like you know Blade silhouette, 
Fantastic Four meet Blade. I'd watch that. Anybody would watch anything from this phase that's coming up. But uh, the big look was, um, which is really, you can obviously tell that I guess they had a lot of faith in Chloe Zhao winning for Nomadland because now they've got her shots from Eternals in it. And I found out those are not CGI. That's her going, get me a director of, like, get me a DOP who, like, knows their shit. Yeah, a beach, and I'll and I'll just use it, and that's what it is. It's just a beach. So there's a did lot. You, uh, did you hear uh, like the Kevin Feige like quote? Apparently, like he he watched some Baileys from uh, uh from the internals, and he's like, I didn't know the sunrise could look this beautiful. That's yeah. like he he was like so shocked how nat like how natural this stuff was and how good it looked. That is so cool. Like I think I'm so excited for that. Like she is such a just a good like it's such an auteur director choice to like put and give a like marvel movie for it like it's it's gonna be super interesting yeah it whatever it is and i mean it does it it puts it puts the brother snow back together it puts uh kit harrington and uh, the guy who played uh rob right i forgot about that you're right that's funny um uh what's his face uh uh from Da, 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 da. Jacked, ripped. From Camille Nanjiani. Camille Nanjiani. Thank you very much. I was just trying to have somebody else pronounce it correctly. Big. Uh, the I can't wait to see. I can't. I loved, loved him on uh, the IT show on HBO. <laughs> I got Silicon, oh, Valley. Silicon Valley. Yeah. I like out of all of them, Dinesh was my favorite fucking character, and he was so amazing. Like him, the, him and Martin Starr were like the, the yeah. yeah, they were totally the, the show for sure. And I'm I'm just excited to see like what all of that working out did for his because like he's gonna he's gonna look like the Dorito, the Superman. He's gonna have that super super uh, hero body that is gonna fill out a a costume really nicely. It, it's it's as like as a as a brown guy, it is cool to see like a brown guy superhero. Like it's I, fun. Yeah. I, I did not get like I, I did not get that emotional feeling with Black Panther. Um, and also I wasn't I didn't really it was it was a good movie. I didn't think it was a great movie. I thought it was a very good origin story movie. But anyways, I didn't get that feeling, though. I know a lot of people who could relate to that one did. But this one I do a lot more. Um, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's funny. I always bring up the movie yesterday. So when that trailer came out, I got so excited because I was like, that's a brown guy that's playing guitar like i play guitar and he kind of like i feel like i i could be here like i could have been casted as that like i got really weirdly excited and my like friends didn't understand and i still really like the movie for like even though it's not a good movie but it's like a guilty pleasure and i got that feeling looking at this trailer and like in him like getting like promoting how like i got in shape uh people people watch men's health uh youtube uh there he does a really good like what's in my fridge, what's in my gym uh, segment. But uh, his is very interesting. And also he's naturally funny and he's a really good writer and all these. So yeah, I'm really excited to see him in the internals. I get what you mean, Ian. I get very excited when I see Paul Dano being skinny in a movie. (laughs) (laughs) I could do that. Yeah, yeah. It's like I could fast that long. (laughs) Um, I think uh, it's cool that... um, like they're casting people in really great roles and the roles really have nothing to do with them being that not like he's a brown dude that's been cast in that role but it doesn't need to be a brown dude in that role 
I know that's right. I like that too. Those that's the best casting now. It, like Black Panther, Wakanda is like it's basically an African country, right? I like the fact that they're casting people outside of the norm. I love when they change the gender on a character for no reason or, you know, just to prove that I think Marvel's a very inclusive universe and it always has been right back to the comics. I think, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I think that they, they have the one flaw with Dr. Strange and they casted, um, what's her face, uh, to be, uh, the, the immortal. No, what's her name? Oh, uh, the ancient one. The ancient one. Oh, uh, Tilda Swinton. Tilda, Tilda Swinton as yeah, that, that was like, Again, like that was on in the news as a miscast. She did great. It's just like she's whitewashing an Asian like character. Um, so that was like a weird one. But I think for the most part, what you're saying is like that's the only like outlier in that in that whole thing. I think that also did change a lot too, because Doctor Strange is young. That's phase three. That's not right. But like, True. so that's still around like their early stuff. And then I bet you somebody was like, Hey, listen, Feige. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> was the bridge too far. You know, like, and everybody's watching and, you know, who eats your shit? China. So, like, you you really fucked the the Doctor Strange push in, in China for that. But but wasn't yeah. it pretty cool that they, they took a character that's kind of like some old dude and made it into a female character? Yes. Or no, like that... a, almost a gender neutral character? Like, I almost see the ancient one as sort of being a non-binary representation. Uh, I actually, well, I, I did, I was going to say I did too, because when I, I, I'm not familiar with uh, that character in the comic, but when I watched Doctor Strange, I definitely took it as that, because I think that's what they were kind of going with this, like, this type of person. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's still like, I, I don't know, I think they just, they were like, Tilda Swinton's great, she's a name, as opposed to like, they could have gotten someone else. Um, it's kind of like, also, they kind of play that game in, um, in Batman Begins, uh, as well. Um, oh, Yeah. You know, that was the big twist. So they're like, I killed Ra's al Ghul. It's like, no, you didn't. You killed a guy that seemed like that. <laughs> yeah, he just said he was Ra's al Ghul. It wasn't actually yeah. him. Um, it was nice to see the, to what you're saying, Mark, like, yeah, like the, the binary thing. I they, they do understand that because they know they've got an audience that is everywhere. Like everybody loves Marvel on, on some forgotten island somewhere in the middle of nowhere somebody knows about marvel and so you've got to represent a lot of different people and it is like video games and comic books and superhero movies should get away with that it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day the thing that means anything is their power and what they do with it it doesn't matter who you fucking are it just matters are you a good person sex whatever it should never matter and then when people get fucking butthurt over that i'm like what like how 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 are you getting butthurt over that come on like that's not something that you should put time and care into um, the rest of the trailer was fucking just fun to reminisce, right? Like to yeah. everybody, like you, it was a nice room. It was, it looks like Disney's like, Hey, listen, we're, we need to take the church to remind you to come back to the place where all the magic happens, which is a theater. Wakanda forever. <laughs> yes. Which is the new title of the new, of the sequel, right? Fucking all a title. Um, I've been listening to what Kugler has been saying while making it. And like, it's been tough because there's no Bozeman, right? Like that's like Bozeman did for superhero movies, what nobody else can do. So to have to rewind and somehow figure out how to carry that forward. I can't imagine would be easy for a filmmaker. Um, The second trailer though, 
Unless, do you guys have any other things that you wanted to oh. mention? Oh. The first one, okay, because I know Ian's on Ian's on some time here, so we'll have to let him. Yeah. But uh, the other uh, first look we got was the Venom Two trailer. Uh, Jimmy, what oh. do you think? I mean, I like the first one. I thought the first one was fine. Um, yeah, I think Woody Har- Woody Harrelson's going to be amazing. I think that was just such an excellent casting choice. Um, yeah, this might be a great movie. In a, I don't know, maybe it'll be one of those movies where the sequel ends up being better than the first one, right? I agree. <laughs> I think. I sorry. Um, can I jump in? I'm just like, yeah, absolutely. I think. I think. I think you're right. I think actually, it's the first one is like such a bro movie. I actually want to rewatch it because I think I. I remember being like, this is bad, but I like it. Like, I think it's that. Um, yeah. It's fun. Like, that's, it's popcorn. And uh, and I think this one is, like, playing on the same thing. Like, um, I think the only, the funny thing, I as soon as I watched the trailer and they corrected it from uh, the first movie, which is, like, a spoiler, but the after credit scene, they show Woody Harrelson in a cage and he has, he's, you know, carnage. He has his long hair. And they, he looked like, he looked like a, like just like I don't know a clown with it, but he got a haircut <laughs> for this movie or whatever in the trailer. They make yeah. like a cleaner cut. Anyways, it looks pretty fun and good. And uh, fuck, man, the Spider Universe is my jam. So yeah. Well, there's another example of a cool casting. Um, Shriek, who's Carnage's like woman in yep. uh, the movie, is cast as uh, Naomi Harris, right? And it's not a it's not a black woman in the comic books, but there's no. <laughs> Yeah, she's just a great character for that. So I think she's going to be a good cast. Are we going to, I didn't know this, but are we going to see the whole Venom family? Well, you're for sure going to see Shriek because they showed the scene where she's in like the oh, box and oh, she's screaming that. and the entire box is like a giant whirlwind. Cool. And, and then when they blow up the, the center, you can yeah. see two characters walking away and it looks like it's going to be uh, Carnage and Shriek. Interesting. Okay, that this is a change. I didn't have no idea. I missed that completely in the trailer. So. I think that has a lot to do with the fact that Sony has realized how much gold is in the safe now, now that they've partnered with Disney. Yeah, for sure. Well, they, you know, they're doubling down on the Spider-Verse. I think Disney was like, okay, you guys want to do this one? That's fine. You want to do it? Great. You take the first one. I well, think I- there might be some creative lending from Disney on writers and everything to Venom, like, because it looks punched up. The humor that's in it, like Eddie walking, like the opening shot where he's like, can I eat a convenience store lady? I have no problem eating Mrs. Chen. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Like (laughs) that kind of humor that's in there seems very reminiscent of Ant-Man, very reminiscent of Iron Man. Like we're getting we're getting some of that brevity that really as violent as Venom is supposed to be with Carnage. Like it's a very like you've got two symbiotes fighting each other like. And I mean, it's a great story to know that two symbiotes landed, but only one of them, like, like he's the, I don't know. I can't remember all of it, but I, it's, it's, it's got great legs to time its way into meeting, uh, Spidey. Spidey yeah. And like yeah. <laughs> bringing them all together. No, like bringing, uh, new well, Spidey. I'm excited. Cause how's that going to work? Like, I'm excited to see how violent they go with this movie. There's going to be more than just those two symbiotes. I I say we see five or six symbiotes. I feel like they're going to pull like the ending of Shazam and we're going to skip like the whole family, (laughs) you know? That'd be cool. In the trailer, there's also a scene with one of the police detectives that becomes a symbiote in the comic books. So I can't remember his name, but they kind of introduce the character and so kind of foreshadowing that we're going to start seeing these other symbiotes. 
characters? I don't I don't have a bad thing to say about anything Tom Hardy does. I mean, I, I've everything. The one thing that kills me that just never came back was Taboo that he did on the History Channel with Ridley Scott, where it was like, <laughs> like the trading routes, the East India Trading Company, and starting uh, and and slave trading in, in Africa. Like it's that whole shipping route, Western Empire. Uh, route from Europe that w- that he was in. It had uh, uh, Rob Stark's wife from Game of Thrones, Charlie Chaplin's grand great granddaughter. Or granddaughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know the name, but I know you're talking about. Yeah, a ton of great people in it, and it was super dark. And he was weird. He like went off to some voodoo camp and got all tatted up, and and it was one of the darkest, weirdest, sexiest shows. And then. It was expensive. I can only imagine. And history was like, "Yeah, we can't afford that." And then COVID, and now we're here. So, but <laughs> I think I think Tom Hardy's great as Eddie Brock. He's like at first you you know I, I the first Venom I had to watch a couple times. I wasn't yeah. able to go to the theater to see it, but after you get past because I don't I don't know if it's how Christopher Nolan uses Tom Hardy or if it's Tom Hardy has marbles in his mouth. But you have to listen to Tom Hardy a couple times in certain movies. I feel to get him or just put the subtitles on. So after two or three watches, I was like, okay, bumbling reporter screwing up his life becomes venom. Like I really, I, I really like it now that I've seen it four times. Do you understand him better as venom? Yeah. It's I, that classic story. <laughs> <laughs> bumbling like, reporter living in New York. Yeah. Yeah. We've all meets a girl that. becomes yeah. venom. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. Oh, shit. All right. Well, yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited for, for, for everything. I'm excited for movie theaters. Let's just, yeah. yeah cool. As simple as yeah. that. A hundred percent. I, and I, and that trailer really, I mean, you've seen some trailers, but that trailer was talking to everybody that hope is on the horizon and yeah. things are about to change. And midday I, matinees. Right? I, oh, I'm excited to like, actually like, meet you guys in person and goes to a movie one day <laughs> like you know yeah, dude no so are we like like i want i want to have fucking like monthly barbecues in my house with everybody from the show just hanging out and not in a fucking zoom meeting like that it's would be- so much easier to talk about these things in person because you're not cutting yeah. people's mics off and i know i know yeah it's true yeah. no to everybody who listens to podcasts this way yes i know we started off one way and we had to pivot but we we were like fuck it we're not never say die right be like tom cruise in every movie just work your way through (laughs) we're on the edge of tomorrow (laughs) over and over again but uh yeah no mark's totally right like the in-person shit when when it can happen it will happen and when it did happen it did but uh yeah i i think you know what the things we didn't get to i don't want to rush them ian's gotta go so i think this is a perfect time to to save save a little bit for leftovers and let everybody know that if this is your first time for me and for me, for Mark and from Jimmy, thank you for pressing play. I know you probably listened to this when you started this episode, but it means a lot that you listen to us dumb shits talk about this stuff. So if you want to learn more about us, head to realdebaters.ca. That is where you can buy shit. You can look at us shits. You can read about us shits. Uh, you can go learn more about Ian because all of his shit's there now. Um, and you, what can you buy there? Jimmy, what can you buy there? Skateboards and T-shirts and uh, skateboards. Fridge fridge magnets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tote bags. 
um, sweaters, all that shit. You can go there. You can support the show that way. Or Stay you- tuned for Jimmy's new show coming out too. The uh, After Dark, uh, Real Tubbin, R E E L Tubbin. Yeah, no, yes. Real yeah. Tubbin with Jimmy, live from a hot tub. We watch movies in the tub. <laughs> Not a hot tub, just my tub. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit we have to watch hot tub time machine in my hot tub like it, it, <laughs> i mean i know like not four of us can't fit in mine that's mark's mark got mark got the four was it the four person or the three person it's like two inches bigger than yours oh well what are we talking about hot tubs <laughs> i don't know where <laughs> uh anyways but yeah so yeah and if you want to support the show like jimmy said skateboard sweaters t-shirts magnets whatever you want uh it's all there uh it's all unfortunately we don't have stock to ship you so we we use an online store and uh, they ship it for you and if you want to throw pocket change at us that's also doable as well you can donate a buck or two to the show and then that like pays for shit makes it sound smarter makes me do shit quicker um i've pledged to name mike's firstborn after the first person we see wearing a real debater shirt in the wild <laughs> I might have to have a child just to honor <laughs> that. <laughs> All right, I, I did it. What do I do with this thing? I don't want. I don't want it anymore. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another Real Debaters production, and I have been playing June from The Handmaid's Tale. Jimmy, who have you been? Uh, we are doing a tower heist. <laughs> uh, Ian, who, who have you been playing? Micah, Micah, come quick, Micah, Micah. <laughs> And uh, Mark, who have you been? Uh, the mysterious god, our son of Odin, uh, a demigod, uh, Shadow Moon. Yes, the longest title in brother of brother of uh, Donner or Thor. Of yeah, the third. Yeah, there's there's so much Thor in that show. Watch it, even though it's canceled. Anybody, anywhere, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, watch all the movies. We are gone. <laughs> <laughs>